And welcome everyone, it's that special time of the week again. It's time for another installment of Cape TV Penultimate Episode Edition, Matt. It seems like a lot of the shows we're watching are heading into the final stretches right now. Three out of the four shows we'll be talking about tonight Hot are day. penultimate issues. <laughs> mm. I like you said issues, not episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I make that mistake too because obviously we're comic book YouTubers, but I personally think that's a hell of a compliment to call a comic book show an issue instead of an episode. Well, a lot of the times they kind of are. They really, they really, really are. So I guess to start things off, we have Supergirl Season 2, Episode 21, Resist. And I've actually been looking at the titles for this one and the next one. This one's called Resist, and the next one is called She Persisted. And I'm like, oh man, they're getting a little political with these titles now, aren't they? (laughs) A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Which I enjoy. I mean, you know, hey, that's cool. I never have a problem with that sort of thing. But yes, tell us about Resist, Matt. What did you think? Uh, Resist is oh, obviously the penultimate issue uh, issue See, episode. Now we're just going to keep doing it now. <laughs> we're going to keep doing it. I said to myself before, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm not going to do it this time, but I did it anyway. Um, it was the penultimate episode of Supergirl Season 2, which saw the Daxamite uh, army or the people of Daxam come to Earth and... They're sort of setting up shop in National City. They've taken over the DEO. They've mm. completely destroyed it. And uh, as the title suggests, Supergirl and a bunch of other small uh, DEO agents, uh, Guardian, uh, her sister, and Cat Grant, all sort of form a resistance. Nice. Yeah, and we, we, we get a really cool moment with Cat Grant where um, Supergirl saves her from Air Force One, which blows up. And uh, it blows up, and that reveals that um, Linda Carter, the president of the United States, um, is an alien. Oh, shit. This was actually hinted at, like, ages ago, and they never really did anything with it. And I actually kind of forgot about it until this episode, uh, because I thought, like, oh, is she going to be evil? Is this going to be, like, a big fight between, you know, the the ex-Wonder Woman and this new Supergirl and everything? hilarious. Um, But, no, she's a, a good good guy she she helps uh supergirl out because she's she's for aliens coming but not aliens that want to destroy uh the world like like the daxamites do um dominators which we'll talk more about the dominators later yeah um and the subplot in this episode is the marriage of mon l to lena luther uh which which uh terry hatch's character wants to do is sort of like one of those unity things between two nations sort of thing a, a marriage of convenience a publicity yeah wedding. yeah pretty much that and supergirl has to save her and monel from rare and everything we they get onto the ship and they got to save him and everything and then their whole plan gets fucked up As it by the arrival of superman oh who is helping the daxamites oh shit is he brainwashed what's the deal there do we know we don't know because he only appears in like the last minute of the episode. Oh, that's, but that's the stinger to be like, oh, shit just yeah. got real. Yeah, but I imagine he is. And I think also the, the general Zod that's going to be in the next episode is as well. Like, I think I think Ray and May maybe have like gotten a bunch of Earth's heroes and villains and, and brainwashed them or something. That's cool. That's really cool. That's, that's a finale is what that is. 
It is. This this next episode looks like it's going to be a really good one. That's a hell of a finale. Can you believe in just one season? It's like, oh yeah, here's a Superman, and also here's Zod, and here's the extended Luther family. Oh yeah, they, they they've done that. Oh now here's Parasite, and here's Metallo, and here's Toyman, and everything. Yeah, here's Daxum. Like Monel, who thought we would be getting him on TV? Not only getting Monel, but them giving a serious push for Monel too. Like people are more oh, into yeah. Monel now than they've ever been ever. Like if you ask me or Matt, like oh Monel, I'm like oh you mean that Superman like guy who's on the Legion of Superheroes? Yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of like he had to be stuck in the Phantom Zone because he was getting cancer from the Earth and everything, right? And all that. But yeah, he, he's had such a great character arc, and apparently, like next season, there's been hints that he might be getting a, a costume as well. Hmm, maybe something red. Yeah, maybe something like his comic costume. Uh, I mean, the show's done pretty well with comic costumes up until now. Speaking of costumes, Matt, I'm sure because, you know, you and I have been playing a shit ton of Injustice. Did you see one of the alternate skin colors for Superman is literally Mon-El? Yeah, I've unlocked it. <laughs> oh, of course you did. They do that with everyone. I keep trying to unlock Arsenal for Green Arrow. It's like, but Joel, you hate Arsenal. Yeah, I do, but I want to give him the stupid hat and the stupid red and make his stats horrible is what I want to do. <laughs> Just make him a shit character. <laughs> and then I want to make him one of my defenders so he can lose over and over and over again. <laughs> I could also make Red Arrow and make him good if I wanted, but I think it'd be funnier to dress him up like Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> they also have Speedy and Mia. Those are colors. Yes, they do. But, uh, yeah, enough about Injustice. If you want to hear about Injustice, though, come out Sunday night because instead of recording a regular comic multiverse, that's the other show me and Matt do, we're going to be streaming and playing some Injustice, talking about the game, taking your questions, and, you know, just having a good time. So, pluggy plug for that. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It will. But uh, back to Resistance. Y you're liking this one. You sounded pretty damn excited. Yeah, this was a really good episode. That's awesome. You know, it's like it took a season of you just singing its praises, but you know what? When it's done, I think I'm going to make an actual effort to try and go back and watch Supergirl and try and catch up. We should, when it comes out, we should do a riff of the first two episodes. Oh, yeah, of, of this season or of the last season? This season, the the first two episodes, which were like a two parter with Metallo right. and Superman and everything, that'd be good. That's pretty good. We also we also got a riff Wonder Woman soon because that's coming out. The good animated one. Shit, they even re released that one. They did. They did release that one. Okay, so Resist gets a big old thumbs up for Matt. It does. I'm trying to work thumbs into our thing, Matt, because I know unlike other shows, we don't do ratings, which is one of the things I like because I think ratings are actually kind of stupid because it's like, oh, well, what does two thumbs up compare to stars compared to percentage? It's like, look, I'm just going to tell you <laughs> if I liked it or not. I'm going to give it a, a, a 6.2 yeah. out of 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, g give it lots of points and everything. But yeah, just it, it was good. It was a fun time. And from yeah. there, we move on to the other penultimate show from this week. The show that, oh man, you know, I don't like not liking this show this season, because I used to love it. And that's The Flash Season 2, Episode 22, Infantino Street. Of course, as I've mentioned before, Infantino Street is a reference to uh, Infantino, the famous artist who gave uh, Flash his red suit in the first place and helped kick off Silver Age artwork as we know it. Yeah, we've heard reference of him before, of Carmine yeah. Infantino and everything. We've seen the street and everything. Yeah, which it's funny. I forgot that Iris's death was actually taking place on Infantino Street until I saw the name of the episode. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And they, I, I'll give this to them, they definitely played this episode out like it was a big important thing. They put a lot of sad music underpinning it. They did kind of like that Sopranos time elapse thing where you see where every character is at the beginning of the show and to be like, oh, they're not, one of them's not going to make it out. Mm-hmm. They even do that little clock thing, like they put a literal ticking clock in the episode where it's like 24 hours to live. Mm, yeah, yeah. I like the way the way it was cut around that music and all those like sort of revolving camera movements and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. But It was a very eh. artistic episode, but I think you and I yeah. can both agree, Matt. By the time it actually got here, I'm like, I am not invested in this, though. No, no. You have failed to capture my attention with just repeated stupidity and lackluster writing. And it's in this episode, and I really hate to say it, I think one of the big reasons I don't care about the death of Iris West is because I don't care about Iris as a character because they've given us no reason to care about her. No, there, there haven't really been any, like... Like, in all these other shows, like Supergirl and everything, we get character episodes or character-centric arcs uh, specific to a certain character. In Flash, we haven't actually gotten anything. Like, she's going to marry Barry, and that's about it. I think she got some focus episodes at the beginning of the season of her being a journalist, and then nothing for the second half of season three. Yeah, she, like, went on vacation and never went back to work or yeah, anything. Yeah, that's my thing, where she's like, oh, I'm worried about my death, I'm so scared, I'm here at Star Labs, don't you have a job? <laughs> yeah, then she just turned out, same with, like, like Joe West as well, he just, like, turns up and, like, dude, you're a cop. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure people will miss you when you're not around. <laughs> at least Joe brings stuff to the table, that's another problem with the writing of Iris as a character. She does not bring much to the table. She has no real expertise, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Like, yeah, she tries to be supportive and she tries to be a cheerleader. And there's times, at least in the first two seasons, where they're like, oh, but she can, you know, relate to Barry and get to him on a level the other characters can't. But they kind of forgot that this season. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's all besides the point. The real crux of this episode is to try and defeat Savitar and save Iris. They need to get their speed cannon working. But to do that, they need a power source. And the only power source that is good enough is, and this I thought was quite clever, a piece of the Dominator ship that was left behind in the big crossover. Yeah, again, bringing it back to the crossover. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. I appreciate that, too. Also, we kind of, we kind of, uh, I think we glossed over it last week, but the whole Legends of Tomorrow message of, oh, don't trust Barry, is because in the future they knew about the Savitar thing. Yeah, so they didn't, like, pop back and say, hey, guess what? You're Savitar. Yeah, wouldn't that have been way more useful? Just another, you know, example of the Legends of Tomorrow dropping the fucking ball. <laughs> Yeah, god damn it. Don't trust Barry, guys. We're not going to tell you why, but don't trust him, though. See, that hurts me, too, that reveal, because that means they knew that Savitar was going to be Barry even all the way back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That means they had a bad idea, an idea people guessed, and they still ran with it until the end of the season. Yeah, yeah disappointing so to get this because obviously the people at argus won't just let barry have it even though it's super important the lady who that's that's diggle's wife right from arrow 
Yeah, I, I can't even remember her name. It's, she's a character I don't really care about. I, again, I'm just like, oh, no, you're talking to me about Arrow right now. I don't watch that <laughs> show, and I don't care. I hope this isn't too important. Yeah, my eyes are glazing over. Yeah, yeah. I was just, you're losing me. You're losing me. <laughs> but, yeah, her thing is, I, I guess she's pissed because when Barry created Flashpoint, they had a kid that they didn't have anymore. They went from having a son to a daughter, and that, that makes her mad. Yeah, well, I, I'm trying to, like, figure that out. I'm like, you still have your kid. It's just changed its gender. Like, I can understand how that might be bad and everything, but, like, it's not as though it's like, oh, because now he changed it, my our son died in, like, a fiery car wreck or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's hurtful for the mother because it's like, I remember a child I yeah. don't have anymore. It's like they're dead. I'm not saying her feelings aren't valid or anything. I'm just saying it's a weird thing to hold hostage over a woman who will literally die if we don't get this power source. And in the end, it doesn't matter because in the end, she's just like, oh, I was testing you, Barry. I was always going to give it to you. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck, so we did all of this for nothing is what you're telling me. We wasted another episode before the finale. Yeah, another, another filler episode. Another basically filler episode. On the upside, though, we got to see Wentworth Miller come back as Captain Cold. Barry can't steal it himself, so he needs to recruit a master thief, which he does via fucking time travel again. I know, and this really pissed me off. I had people telling me that it was it's it's the one... It's the Captain Cole from when they were in, like, with Jonah Hex and everything. Right. But what I don't understand is they went to, like, like great lengths in Legends to say that, okay, so we've taken Captain Cold and put him back in his timeline yes. from when we picked him up in yep. 2014 or something. So he can now be in the Flash. That was like a setup for yes. this. Yes, and they was. didn't even fucking use it. That's atrocious. That's what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Like that's what I was trying to explain to these people who are trying to figure out why I was mad. I'm like, they set it up and they didn't do anything with it. And I'm sure people will say, "Oh, well, wasn't that Captain Cold still technically evil after he took him back?" I'm like, "Yeah, but Barry still should have been able to get through to him anyway. And even if he was evil, we've seen he can be good, and that should have been the thrust of this episode." Exactly. But they completely just dropped the ball. On this Now, again, Wentworth Miller, he made Legends the first season tolerable, and every time he was on screen in this episode, he made things tolerable. Oh, he was he was great, and he was self-aware as well, like with, with the King, uh, King Shark stuff. That was really good. Yeah, saying they, they can't show the shark because of money. Yeah, wow. I thought that was great. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's Flash's monster budget in a nutshell. Just film it in the dark and film it from far away, and you can have any creature you want. <laughs> also too where he's like you know well tell me more shark facts he's like dude i just watched shark week i'm not a marine biologist <laughs> it's uh it's it's funny too this whole scene there of them breaking into the building reminded me very much of that other episode where barry captain cold and his father played by powers booth also had to try and steal a thing you remember that yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, S.H.I.E.L.D. this week had a big in loving memory of Powers Booth because he was a big part of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was on the Flash show too, but they don't give him an in loving memory of. <laughs> yeah, I know he was technically only on one episode, but still I thought that was ironic that he like jumped between both shows. Yeah. But yeah, so they get the power source. It's a cool little buddy moment between him and the flash and they kind of have this thing where it's like oh we're cracked mirror versions of each other you know if one thing had been different in our lives i could be a hero and you could be a villain 
And maybe mm-hmm. that's why we don't like each other because we, we realize something in each other that we don't like about ourselves. Yeah. It's a nice moment. And again, too, I'm like, why don't you do more Captain Cold stories? Why, why didn't he get to stick around? Why did you parcel him off to Legends of Tomorrow and take him off the table as soon as you did? I know it's kind of it's frustrating as well because like as you said he's like some of the best stuff is given to him yeah and and it's like wasted in legends and I, I guess they have to work around his schedule as well because he's doing what prison break and whatnot yeah I didn't consider that you're right but still like why did he disappear from the Flash yeah he he should be so important I mean Captain Cold was the Flash's arch nemesis for decades in the comics yeah. Uh, he he even gets a good joke in there. He's like, if Cisco saves us, tell him I'll put in a good word with my sister, because that's a nice bit of continuity <laughs> that Cisco was totally into his sister, Golden Glider. <laughs> yeah, but how? But the thing is, like, how would he do that anyway? Because they, Barry dropped him back off in like eighteen hundreds. <laughs> time mail, <laughs> and he never made it back because he died. Yeah, he'll he'll <laughs> pick up the time phone and say, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. I would say it was okay for what it was. We eventually did get the whole big emotional death of Iris thing, which we basically knew was coming. Mm -hmm. Because they, again, they gave us a ticking clock where it's like, she's not getting out of this. She's going to die at the end of this. And she did. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wish I could feel bad about it. I just kind of felt nothing. <laughs> Which is almost worse than feeling like you know, wow, that was bad. It's just like I am indifferent to this tragedy. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, well, there's not really any weight behind it. No, there. Were, I was more interested actually in the Cisco story of him going to fight Killer Frost because that was actually a good build up they've done all season. Yeah, they've been teasing that all season, and we and we saw like like a possible future of that as well, and yeah. that in the episode two two episodes ago. Yeah, you would hope Barry filled him in on what happened and said, "Hey, Cisco, protect your hands." <laughs> hey, Cisco, when she goes left, you gotta go right. <laughs> Just telling you that right now, and don't be afraid to like I don't know, kick her in the shins or something. Because <laughs> I have seen what happens when you lose, and it's not pretty. I, I, I will give credit, though, to Evil Barry Savitar, because once again, he must listen to our show, Matt, because no one bothers to, like, protect themselves from a Barry who knows where they're at at all times. <laughs> again, no one changes the locks at Star Labs, even though Killer Frost just let herself in last week, and now once again, Evil Barry just lets himself in wearing good Barry's clothes. <laughs> That, that, if nothing else, was kind of fun, where I'm like, okay, at least that was a clever plan. Yeah. Also, like, when when they sent, uh, like, Joe and Iris and everything over to, was it Earth 3? That was a smart idea, um, to hide her on a different Earth. That was smart, but uh, I was thinking, like, okay, th- this is that Harry Wells that's actually, like, comp- competent. Yeah. So, like, why why doesn't he like take them somewhere else yeah, instead or, of just sitting them just in front of the portal <laughs> or also too reminding us that harry wells too the smart one exists why did you go through all the trouble to find this other speed scientist when you could have just jumped to earth three and asked smart harry for help mm-hmm. why couldn't he have just built you a speed can it feels like you wouldn't have wasted near as much time oh yeah that's right you wouldn't have gotten to have another romance side plot with uh hr and this new woman that's why yeah 
And also HR couldn't feel bad about blurting it out, which which I love. He's like, oh, what do I do? I bring nothing to this team. And I'm like, don't remind me you bring nothing to this team. I forgot about <laughs> that until you mentioned it. Yeah, did you want us to do you want to make us angry because that's how you make us angry yeah come on tom cavanaugh i don't want to be mad at you you're you're so good he's like oh but i inspire people though i inspire this other woman and i've invited her to join team flashdown i also told her your secret identity i'm like that was not for you to tell <laughs> well you know she was gonna find out anyway barry can't keep that in the bag anyway he has to tell everyone he knows he has secret identity tourettes is what he has i'm barry out i'm barry out i'm barry out sorry sorry <laughs> I, just, I just i have a problem also to all forgive hr because he was trying to bone this woman and that was the best way to get on in there yeah. Uh, the, regarding the secret identity, I just rem- remembered something in Supergirl. Like when um, Guardian confronts Cat Grant, Cat Grant immediately knows it's Jimmy Olsen uh, because of the eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I guess, too, they want this woman to join Team Flash, which here's another thing for season four. Trim the numbers in Team Flash. You have too many people now. Oh, it's just going to keep growing. <laughs> well, although here's the thing, I guess maybe Killer Frost will stay evil so she's out and Iris is dead, so that's two down and you got Julian in there and you got this other woman in there, so I guess we lost two but gained two, so we didn't grow at all. I, I don't know about Killer Frost. I think she'll probably come back, mainly because she's good in the comics at the moment. Right, maybe she won't come back all the way. Maybe they'll put her in prison like they did in the alternate future, but she'll eventually build up to like a heroic redemption where it's like no i'll use my powers for good yeah well, or they'll keep her in prison and she she'll stay she'll willingly stay in prison but help them from prison right like hannibal lecter yeah hey, pretty much th- hey there's another dropped storyline from this season what the fuck happened to caitlin's mother uh gone yeah, remember there was a whole thing when she got her power, she went to her mother who is rich and owns this evil corporation, and she was a giant bitch and she was clearly trying to manipulate her powers for evil. Then we never saw her again. Yeah, I imagine she'll she'll appear when the plot needs her to. That feels like an aborted story arc, doesn't that? Like, here's a whole thing we had planned to get her to kill her frost, but we said fuck it. Yeah, tied into Savitar. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe Caitlyn's mom was supposed to be Savitar. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm just thinking of all these different superior versions of who Savitar could have been. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that was uh, Infantino Street. I would give it a thumb very much to the side. Much like the previous episode, I would have been kinder to it if it happened earlier in the season. Now it just feels like they're wasting time. Yeah, it's just sort of like they're just um, spinning wheels until next week. I mean, really, all you needed to watch was the beginning and the end because those were the only things that had any actual continuity bearing on the show that had actual any development and stuff happening. Mm-hmm. The middle was just was just kind of a time sink. No one really needed to do anything. Nothing was ever really at stake. No, no. But Wentworth Miller was fun, wasn't he? Yeah, he's always fun. He's always fun. Wetworth Miller, thumbs up. This show, thumb to the side. I'm hoping they can do something in the final episode to maybe salvage it or to at least entertain me, but I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's gonna, they're going to have to do something like right out of left field. They will. I'm going to be really ticked if Barry's like, but if I go back in time again... 
<laughs> no, Barry, it's not how it works. Stop. You know, I, I actually asked in the comment section of the last week's episode, and people were nice enough to write in, where I'm like, what did Barry learn? Like, Barry didn't learn anything this season. And a fan said, it's like, well, I think the lesson he should have learned and should have taken away from this season is that time travel is bad and selfish and ultimately super destructive, but oh, wait, he keeps doing it anyway. Uh, and and it's getting, like, more frequent and, like... um just more of like a common thing like oh i'll just go back in time and and grab captain cold from this point in time you know no biggie using it as a crutch (laughs) yeah also too it's like savitar only exists because you messed with time in the first place (laughs) so your cure for this is to continue to mess with time Oh, maybe if I fuck it so much, yeah. it, it'll go. It'll just revert back to normal. Look, I broke the vase, but maybe if I crush the vase pieces into <laughs> dust and then blow the dust away, then it won't be a problem anymore. <laughs> uh, but okay, so from on to that one that was kind of disappointing to one that I think Matt and I enjoyed a lot more, and that was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 22, Worlds, and the season finale of Season 4. Oh god, was it a season finale? What a what a doozy movie quality you could say. Oh boy, it was, it was really good. We see the return of Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider, who is as cool as ever. Yeah, and he's got some new skills. He does. Man, I, I got computer hacking skills, I got nunchuck skills, I got I went to hell skills. <laughs> I can now make those sling ring portals. Yes, now I can by by spinning my chain around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and as we thought, he's there to hunt Ada down, who is now human, inhuman, kind of both. Human, inhuman, darkhold incarnate. Yeah, yep. I, I, I like how Ghost Rider says, you know, wherever there's evil magic, the Ghost Rider must go to punish it. And I'm like, oh, that's a take on the old Danny catch, wherever innocent blood is spilled, the Ghost Rider will come. Yeah, yeah. I, I like them respecting the uh, the lineage of Ghost Rider, but changing it just enough to fit, uh, fit the show. Mm-hmm. Ada, of course, and the actress, wonderfully evil, wonderfully freaking out. I love that her motivation for wanting to destroy the entire world with dark magic is due to the fact that she, you know, got broken up with and is very upset about it. Yeah, her new emotions. (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling every motion at once, and it's making me very angry and very horny, and I am basically two years old. (laughs) I'm having a temper tantrum, but I also have superpowers and can kill you. Yeah, and uh, that's the only thing that's happening. The the framework is kind of like falling apart because of Ada. Ada's kind of like just destroying everything. It's an apocalypse. It's a literal apocalypse, and Yo-Yo picked the worst time to go in there to try and save yeah. Mac. Goddamn Yo-Yo. <laughs> yeah, that's the things we do for love, Matt. And oh man, the, the tragedy of Mac slowly but surely realizing that none of this is real. His daughter isn't real, and he essentially has to watch her die all over. Oh my god, the the scene where she just like just disappears is is great. Is great. Oh my god, shredding. It's it's the feel bad moment of TV this year. (laughs) Yeah, and and narrated by Radcliffe, who 
as well kind of dies as well. He does, and he not only does he get a great death, he gets an artsy death. He gets like a Shakespearean soliloquy death where he is quite literally the last man on Earth in this universe that he created out of horrible scientific hubris and he sits on the beach with a bottle and he starts talking about it and being you know like oh what is the point alas of eternal life with no one to love and then he just gets cut off and disappears i i was kind of sure i thought they were they were gonna let him like sort of talk for a little bit and then he would just like watch the world like the sun like would extinguish itself or something but it, it just it just disappears and glass falls on the ground and an amazing, it was great an amazingly artsy end to probably one of the best characters to come out of this show yeah i'm i'm sad he's dead i know what a weird and wonderful arc he had from like season three the end of season three to all through season four yeah, yeah, it was great. Ah, they'll find he had a spare LMD around, or they'll find his <laughs> identical twin, or his ghost or something, because now, now we know ghosts exist. <laughs> He'll come back as Ghost Radcliffe. No, no one ever stays dead for long in comic book land. That's the best part about it, Matt. They'll, he'll be <laughs> dead just long enough for us to miss him. Yeah. And again, too, you know, with Ghost Rider's return, Ada starts getting all freaked out because, oh no, Ghost Rider is the only thing that can hurt her. Yeah, when when he, like, throws the whip around her arm and it, like, almost burns her arm off, I, I like that because she, she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This, <laughs> this can hurt me. <laughs> this guy is for real. What a beautiful comic book moment, too, where it's like, yeah, so, you know, the uh, guy in the Satan muscle car has to defeat the robot woman who isn't a robot anymore but has magic <laughs> powers for her and her Russians and other secret agent robots from trying to destroy the world. <laughs> it's like if you tried to describe this final episode to someone who's never seen it before, you'd sound like a crazy person. It's funny. Uh, what One of my friends... He he watches the show on and off, and he hasn't watched it in since like season two. Right. And I and I like said to him, I said to him like, oh yeah, it was really cool when like Coulson became Ghost Rider and everything. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the money shot, as they call it. They do this big, long roundabout thing to lull Ada into a full sense of security. Uh, Fitz trying to talk her down. Gemma being like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, they use the Gemma LMD to, like, trick her. So good. Just the image of, like, Gemma with an MP5 shooting Ada over and over again is a pretty sweet image. <laughs> yeah, even though it doesn't do anything, it just makes her feel better. <laughs> it is. It was totally a moment of, like, if you could put, like, a subtitle on, it would be like, hands off my man, you dirty hussy. <laughs> <laughs> And that Fit still feels really bad about everything he did and is still beating himself up about it all this time later. Yeah, he, he wanted to actually take the blame for everything. Yeah. He, he was telling like the team to escape and he'll stay here and get arrested by Talbot. Yeah, he was totally rich. Oh man, Talbot got owned in this episode, didn't he? Oh god, did he ever. <laughs> and yet didn't die. I love this idea that Talbot is a tough motherfucker, that he can get shot in the head from point blank range and not die. <laughs> Ooh, maybe they can bring him back as some sort of Hulk being like, yeah, you were going to die, Talbot, but we had this leftover gamma serum we shot you up with. Because <laughs> imagine that if they had Talbot Hulk, because they have a guy in USA Avengers now who's a general and a Hulk. Imagine if they did that. Oh, that'd be great. To be like, look, to keep up with you superpowered folks, I can be a Hulk for an hour every day. <laughs> It'd be great for TV because you would only bring it out when it was really important and you could do that thing where they film them in the dark and from far away. 
<laughs> and he could be bright red and it would be great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this this episode, so much going You mentioned the Coulson as Ghost Rider thing. I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't either. I'm like, wait, why? I actually kind of had to like take the episode back a little bit. I'm like, did I miss something? Yeah. Because I, cause I originally thought like, wait, so, so he can like transform himself into other people and then become Ghost Rider? What, was, what's going on? It was so beautifully <laughs> set up because earlier in the season we saw Ghost Rider go into Mac when there was no one else around. Yeah, yeah. And the idea that Ghost Rider wanted Ada so badly that it was willing to even go into the body of someone else it didn't want to and then come out at the last minute. Yeah, well, I also, like, Coulson made a deal with it. Yes, we, we don't did. know what that deal is, but it's something. But it's something important that he will be beholden to a literal spirit of vengeance, something horribly demonic. Yeah. Even, even Daisy gets a nice bit of coming full circle all the way back from the beginning of the season when she was, you know, like a rebel and a rogue and didn't want to join up with the team and she'd given up on teamwork. Now she's the one, you know, preaching the uh, benefits of teamwork and telling Fitz, you know, don't run, don't feel like you got to do it all on your own. We're in this together. Yeah, nice role reversal for her. It is. It was a very nice role reversal. I'm like, man, they're they're really thinking of this in terms of season. They're closing up character arcs that I forgot they even started back in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's very rewarding if you sit down and watch all 22 episodes in in a in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they go for uh, spy breakfast, and I love spy breakfast. <laughs> now, do you want some pie? We got strawberry, rhubarb, and banana chocolate cream. We're like, ooh, banana chocolate cream, I want that. <laughs> but then they ruin breakfast. Yeah, because S.H.I.E.L.D. or not S.H.I.E.L.D. come and arrest them. Some shadowy group of people arrest them. And again, here's my theory, because obviously the big stinger is Coulson wakes up in space. Yeah, and and the showrunner said that's not like some red herring, that's actually space. That's that's really cool. Here's my thing. What if the people who arrested them weren't agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? What if they work for like the Inhuman royal family and this is the tie-in for S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans? Oh man, that'd be great. I I even like said to people like maybe this is like the introduction of Sword. Ooh, yeah, because that. Because remember, like th- this shows like a, a Joss Whedon creation. Joss Whedon kind of created Sword, so he did yeah, and that's that's a trigger they haven't pulled yet in five seasons. So you know, or no. sorry, four seasons. So for season five, let's do the fuck out of Sword. Let's do some aliens being like, yeah, well, you guys have been fucking around on Earth. We're dealing with extraterrestrial threats. We're basically the Men in Black. Oh, that'd that'd be so great. The the sad thing is we have to wait until January. Yeah. Well, we got lots of stuff to keep us busy until then. That's true. That's true. And I mean, when it comes back, you know, it'll it'll be that much good because of it, because I'm sure they'll have all these other Marvel movies to work around and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, World's End, really solid conclusion to a really solid uh, season of television. It was. It was really great. Once again, if you gave up on S.H.I.E.L.D., you should really go back and watch this season now because basically everything everyone was complaining about gets answered and then some in this season. Definitely. It's a completely different animal of a show. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. And heck, you could just watch the Ghost Rider arc. You could just watch the LMD arc if you wanted. Mm-hmm. It all, it all ties together quite nicely and ended up being super satisfying at the end of it all. It does. So yeah, there there you go. Agents of Shield gets a very strong thumb up, and I guess we won't be talking about this one next week, will we, Matt? 
No, no. We'll be talking about it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, moving on from there to the last show we're going to talk about this week, uh, another penultimate episode. The finale is actually airing tonight as we record this, but as always, Matt and I can't do, can't watch that and do the show at the same time. It would just, it would just be too much. Mm-hmm. But that is Samurai Jack Season 5, Episode 9. And uh, th- this episode both confirms a lot of the stuff I was freaking out about in the previous episode, Matt, and also goes in a completely different direction. It does. It was kind of like an awkward comedy. Yes, yes, it was. So, I mean, obviously, the previous episode was probably the horniest episode of Samurai Jack ever done that ended in Jack and Ashi kissing. And I had assumed where it's like, yep, they fucked after that. Yep, that's... Uh, why else would you play Dean Martin in the background if fucking didn't take place after it? <laughs> that's that's get down music is what that is. Only for the episode to pick up literally seconds after that and them to both be like, oh, well, that was awkward. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and yet and again, the rest of the episode kind of played with that, you know, awkward romanticness of like, you know, should was that right? What we did should should we keep doing that? I don't I don't know. Yeah, they, they sort of have to, like... I, I like that they, they were living in, like... It was, like, giant robots and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. That was nice. That was a nice touch. Also, Jack talks about his past and talks about yeah. his childhood and his family because he actually has someone to talk to now that wants to know more about him. Yeah, this is kind of like the first time we've sort of learned a little bit about his past. Like, we see flashbacks to his dad, and his dad gets episodes devoted to him, but it's rare that we get Jack to tell us about it. Yeah, and and over, like, a campfire. Yeah, yeah, he's telling, like, a story and everything. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And then, of course, they do the oh-so-standard hero thing of, like, oh, I think I love you now, I care about you, which means I can't allow you to get hurt, which means I have to go on this final battle with Aku alone. Mm-hmm. And they do, and, oh, Scaramouche comes back. <laughs> yeah, he gets his new body. He doesn't have, He's not just a head on, like, tentacles now. He gets a new body, and it has a dance-off with Aku. He really does. I like Scaramouche's whole side plot of this season. It's like, oh, I need to go back and tell Aku that Jack doesn't have his sword anymore. Only by the time he gets there, Jack has his sword back. <laughs> That's uh, that's some funny shit there. They they have their fight off. Now, it's interesting that uh, we've actually seen very little of Aku in this final season. Mm-hmm. Probably yep. for the best, I would say. This is probably the most uh, Greg Baldwin, I think, does his new voice now, actually got to talk. Yeah, yeah, he did. And this is like the most we've ever seen of him. Yeah, yeah, where he's actually just, like, hanging out and doing shit in his, like, actual true final form and everything. We actually get to see, uh, what is it, the birth of the daughters of Aku, that cult, and Ashi and everything through his eyes. He had no idea, for the most part. No, he's like, oh, crap, you're, like, technically my true daughter. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah, have a, have a symbiote and go and attack Jack. It's literally a symbiote. Man, her her transformation is so cool because it looks like her mother, but she's got the flaming eye thing. Yeah. And then, you know, they have a wicked awesome fight, and Jack, of course, comes to that realization where it's like, no, I, I can't hurt you, I can't take your life, I yield and then to have her come back and be like, no, Jack, you, you have to kill me. I'd rather die than live like this. Mm-hmm. It's really heavy, isn't it, Matt? It is. And and then Aku gets his sword. He lifts up the sword. And did you notice when he lifts it up, it's the exact same uh, like kind of watercolor cutaway thing from the opening when Jack picks up the sword? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So leading into this final episode, everything's fucked. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty everyone's, much. Everyone's going to die. Bad feels for everybody. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, just, just another really beautiful looking episode with great action scenes, great emotional investment and characterization for a character who doesn't talk all that much. No, no. Really, really well done. I wonder how they're going to end it now that we're this close to it. I wonder, is the Scotsman going to come back? I think they have to come back, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I would imagine we'll probably be getting maybe something like a massive full-scale battle, you know, the Scotsman's army and, and Aku's army. The and archers and all these other characters yeah. that they were sure to go back and show us are still there. Yeah, Scaramouche and everything. Doing funny shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, beyond that is, is really not much more to say than that. It's a good, good lead-up to the final episode. Mm-hmm, it's, definitely. That, it's that last great putting the hero in an unescapable situation and be like, okay, how can they get out of this? Yeah, it's going to be really cool to see how he gets out of that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's that's Aaron tonight, so Matt and I will know by tomorrow. Definitely. Yeah, so yeah, that was Samurai Jack, everybody. Gets another big thumbs up, and that's going to be another show that's going to be really sad when it's done. It is, and when it's done, it's probably going to be done for good. Yeah, I mean, unless it does crazy awesome numbers and Cartoon Network's like, hey, you know what, maybe we can do something else. Yeah, I, I don't know what they would be able to do. I, I know we sort of talked about it before, like like a spin-off or something, but yeah. I, w- I, I wouldn't actually mind like a show that has nothing to do with any of these characters but is set in that universe. It is a rich universe, I agree. Like, shit, I would watch a Scaramouche show. What else has he been doing? Yeah, that'd that'd be pretty cool. Like a show about one of those intergalactic bounty hunters or something. Exactly. It's a rich universe where basically they say, hey, anything that can happen will happen. You can have ancient weaponry. You can have swords. You can have laser guns. You can have everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter right now, and a bunch of people I'm following are saying, reminder for everyone watching Samurai Jack to log the fuck off before people on the East Coast ruin your experience (laughs) like they always do. That's a good... That's a good point that's good i mean by the time people listen to this people will be hearing this in the future and it'll already be done and they will already know Mm -hmm. so but for what it's worth though good episode can't wait to see where it all uh where it all lands yeah and uh, yeah i guess with that everyone we can start bringing the show down to a close we hope you enjoyed it as always for more cape tv you can head on over to the comic multiverse soundcloud page where you can download the show carry it around with you you can check out what matt is doing over on fortress of solitude you can check out what i'm doing over on cape joel do you have anything interesting coming out matt that you want to tell people about um well after this coming week obviously my superman in media uh, show will be finishing up. I'm going to be doing that episode, I think, probably the week after that. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. I'm probably going to make it like a big giant-sized episode as well. Nice. Uh, with Supergirl and everything. But, yeah, nothing really much more than that. I'm going to be streaming more Injustice. I've been streaming it through the week, and people seem to be really liking it as well. So, so good. De- definitely come by and, and check out. I always pimp it out on Twitter and everything. <laughs> Shit, I know we're probably going to do it Sunday if we can beat the story mode, but if we need another thing to talk about, we should talk about on Cape TV. Hey, the story of Injustice 2, how was it? Yeah, well, we're definitely going to be talking about that, especially, like, for me, who's been reading the comics since day one. You're, you're going to be my Sherpa through that world, because I've, like, I just... <laughs> 
finished year one not that long ago. Oh, so you're really behind. <laughs> I'm far behind, but that being said, what I'm reading, I'm loving. I just got to the point there where, uh, what is it, uh, Superman seemingly kills my favorite comic character only to have his mother and father and the hologram of Jor-El being like, oh, I'm sorry we didn't raise your son right. And Jor-El says, no, I'm sorry I unleashed him upon your world. That was like one of that's like top one of the top five moments in this series. Like something that that good shouldn't be in a digital comic. That's so powerful and so moving and just fuck. <laughs> it's dark. But so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, and in the comments section, tell us what did you enjoy for TV this week and what are you hoping Matt and I will talk about in the future. So until then, thank you for listening, and we will both see you around next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.